Good morning, everyone. When a, uh, when a man decides that, he, or at least thinks, that God's calling him to priesthood, one of his favorite pastimes becomes uh, going to Mass and trying to think about why homilies are so bad. Um, and I spent a long time doing that. I'm sure you've never thought that. But I did, and I spent a lot of, even before I was going to be a priest, uh, when I had my conversion, and I actually began to care about my faith, that was the key. I started wondering, why are homilies just so bad in the Catholic Church? Uh, and we all know it's true. Don't pretend like you haven't thought that, right? <laughs> just like that elephant in the room. Priests all know it. We all know we're bad. Um, but I started wondering, like, what is it that, why is this so painful? And you think, you know, sometimes you hear homilies and they've got, like, a great story. And it'll kind of hook you. You know, you, you go through your speaking classes at seminary and they say, you got to have a hook, right? Uh, and I've heard a lot of homilies that have some great stories to them, but still weren't good. Uh, or sometimes there could be, uh, you know, some fireworks in the middle or at the end. And we used to, our professor in seminary, I said, you got to have a BAM statement at the end, you know. One time he took out a big card that said BAM on it and just held it up. I was like, that's the cheesiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and what I've come to in my life is, is what makes for a good homily is the same thing that makes for a good movie, a good novel, and in the end, it's the same thing that makes for a good life. And that thing is that there's a plot. There, there's a narrative thread where things are going. There's a direction. I, I've been, before I was a priest, there's so many masses I've been to where I, I walked out and I just thought, what was the purpose there's other things that can make it good, right? You can learn things. You can learn how to tell good stories. That's important. A movie, right? If there's good acting, that certainly helps. But at the end of the day, if you ever watch a movie that has great special effects and great acting, but there was no plot, it ends up not being a good movie. You have to have a direction. And what I want to reflect with you about this morning, brothers and sisters, is that sometimes the reason you and I are not engaged in our faith is that we don't see a direction to it. We don't understand a purpose. And oftentimes, actually, that's the same of our lives. As men and women, sometimes we can get into a place where we feel like our life doesn't have a direction. Our gospel today is the transfiguration. And for most Catholics and for, for many, many just people in general, if someone came up to you and they said, what's the kind of purpose of the Old Testament? What would you say? You'd be like, well, to bore us, right? Or to, I don't know. You'd be like, well, I know Leviticus says you can only eat animals that don't part the hoof and chew the, cat, the, chew the cud. Right? That's kind of what it's about. What's the purpose? You might think, well, there's these neat moments, right? You ever seen a movie that has no plot, but it's got great special effects? Sometimes people think the Old Testament's kind of like that. 
I hate to admit this, I was, when I flew back from Spain, yeah, if you're on a long plane flight, sometimes you're tempted to watch a movie you wouldn't normally watch. And I caved into that when I was flying back from Spain. And I watched this movie, Jupiter Ascending, I think it's called. Don't, don't ever watch that. <laughs> Bad movie. But I was tempted because it had great special effects. But there was no plot. And the Old Testament can feel that way sometimes. We know that was this awesome scene. Moses parts the Red Sea, right? Wow. Amazing. Why did he do that? I have no idea. (laughs) Was there a purpose? Was it going somewhere? Our gospel today, the transfiguration, there's Moses and Elijah. And what's the purpose? Why do Moses and Elijah show up with Christ on the mountain of transfiguration? The reason, brothers and sisters is because what it's telling us is that the Old Testament and God's work in history is going somewhere. It has a direction. It had a purpose. From the very beginning, from Adam and Eve, all the way along, and even into today, God's work and his life is going somewhere. And the place it's going towards is Christ. Think about your life. When we lose a direction, when we lose a purpose, what happens to our life? I was thinking about that in terms of Instagram. How many of you have an Instagram account? Okay, the rest of you are either lame or liars. Instagram, by the way, don't, okay, don't go home from Mass A and be like, oh, our Father Brian has an Instagram account. I'm going to friend him, right? Like, I have like 8,000 friend requests on Instagram. Don't do it. I'll say no. Um, (laughs) Instagram, if you don't know what it is, it's kind of like Facebook, but it's on your phone, and it's just a place where you can share photos. And like my friend Father John, he always has photos of him on top of some mountain somewhere. Now, these days, they're all in Italy. And he always has like this perfect Balthazar quote, always. And I'm like, do you have like a big book of Balthazar quotes in your back pocket, like just carry with you? But one of the things with Instagram, I have one friend in particular, not Father John, another friend, and every time he posts on Instagram, he's somewhere incredible. And it's really amazing. Like, one week he'll be heli-skiing somewhere. Uh, Another week he's, like, in South America. I kid you not, he was in South America for, like, a week, and there's all these, like, little videos or photos of him in a kayak going down a waterfall. Like two weeks ago, he was in Patagonia, and somebody posted on one of his photos. They said, do you have a job? (laughs) Like, like, what are you doing? And here's the point. If your life doesn't have a direction, if your life isn't purposeful, what you look for is cool things. When's the next party? When's the next time I'm going to Hawaii? We begin to mark our life by cool things we've done or enjoyable things. Another temptation actually might be to define our life by projects we've accomplished. Oh, you know him. He's the one who... 
he built that really neat house. Or, you know, her, she, she started that company that was so successful. We begin to define our life by moments of pleasure, enjoyment, or accomplishments. One of the places you see this as a priest is at funerals. And you've heard me say this before, but be very careful about who you tell to do your eulogy. Right? The priest will probably judge them. Um, but I'm always struck at funerals. You go to funerals, and when a eulogy happens, I always wonder, how is this person going to try to describe this person's life? And so oftentimes, it's this person did this neat thing, or they, had, they liked this kind of music, or one time, you know, it was really cool, they met Frank Sinatra. There's nothing wrong with those things. But what Christianity tells us, and this is so powerful, brothers and sisters, our faith tells us that your life is not about accomplishments or cool moments or experiences. But your life actually has a purpose. It's going somewhere. And that purpose is Jesus himself. All right, Lord, it doesn't matter how many vacations I took or how many cool things I did in my life, but there's a, there's a direction that I'm moving. It's going somewhere. And it's going to you. (laughs) And that's the purpose of the transfiguration, by the way. The church has always said, why did Jesus do this? Was it just a cool moment to be like, hey guys, check it out. I'm God. (laughs) The church has always said, Peter, James, and John... And notice carefully, those are the same three that will see Jesus in agony in Gethsemane. The ones who saw his glory will also see the Son of God sweat blood. That's not an accident. And the church has said that Jesus did this because he wanted them to know and us to know that there's a purpose. We're going somewhere. The road to the cross, we're in Lent. Jesus is on his way to the cross. And and it's interesting, on either side of the transfiguration in Luke chapter 9, on both sides, right before and right after, Jesus tells the apostles he's going to Jerusalem to suffer and die. And right in the middle, he shows us, he says, there's a purpose. There's a reason for it. On the other side of the cross is the resurrection. It's so important for us to see that. And here's the secret, brothers and sisters, to live a really good Christian life. The world thinks that the greatest evil out there is suffering. I have a, a good friend who goes to this church who is a young man, and he, he just got diagnosed with colon cancer. And people will say, that's the worst thing that could happen. And he has stage three colon cancer. What could be worse? Could there be anything worse than suffering? Yes, there can be. 
It's called meaninglessness. The great evil of this life is not suffering. The great evil of this life is if you don't have a purpose. And if you have no purpose, if you're not going anywhere, you might as well do some really cool things while you're going nowhere. And then at your funeral someday when you die, they can say, you know what, he climbed all these mountains and he was in a kayak going down a waterfall on a great Instagram post. But that's not you. That's not the purpose of your life. Thank God that you're a Christian, right? Jesus says you have a purpose. It's to become someone. It's to share in the glory of Jesus Christ. It's to become like him and to share in his resurrection. And there's a passage in 2 Corinthians that's really connected to this. We don't have time to explain why. Well, do we? Do you guys want to hang out? (laughs) Broncos are done. (laughs) Sunday belongs to God, remember, not you. Um, Anyway, I won't do that. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, St. Paul is really reflecting in a passage that's connected to the transfiguration. And he's talking about glory, which is the splendor of divine beauty. And he says this, He says, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, right, us, we all with unveiled face are beholding the glory of the Lord and being changed into his likeness. You see, Peter, James, and John on the mountain of transfiguration, what they saw was their destiny. They saw what they are to become. Saints who would radiate the splendor of God. We are beholding the glory of the Lord and being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, how could Peter and James and John, how could they be present in Gethsemane? All three of them gave their lives for Christ. James is the first apostle who is to be martyred. Peter, we know, is crucified upside down in Rome at the end of his life. John is exiled in a living death to an island in the Mediterranean, Patmos. How did they do it? Because they knew they were, where they were going. <laughs> they had a direction. They had a purpose. Do you? <laughs> does your life have meaning? If it does you can endure the cross. Lent, right? How do we endure our our penances? The only way it becomes meaningful for us is if we see that glory. On the way to the cross, Jesus, we're trying to share with you and your sufferings. Why? Because we've seen your glory. 
I was with the companions yesterday in my community, and uh, one of the priests who's just a really holy priest, I hope to be like him someday, but um, he, he had this phrase he was using, he said, God has no grandchildren. Or, I'm sorry, he says, God, that's somebody else who says that. This is actually contradicts that. Don't you love it? He says, God's a father, but he wants to become a grandfather. God is a father, but he wants to become a grandfather. What does that mean? Well, what he was getting at is that, like today, if, if you don't know the purpose of your life, just stop there and learn that. Learn that you weren't created to do cool things. There's nothing wrong with it. But you have a much deeper purpose. You, your purpose is to become Jesus Christ. But once you've gotten that, you've been made a son or a daughter, and you know the love of God and that purpose. You're a child of God, but you're called to make God a grandfather. To spread the faith so that other people can become sons and daughters. My father, he, when he became a granddad, it's like nine or ten years ago now, it's crazy. This is where I get jealous. All you guys who aren't priests, I, I hate you. Because, like, there's a father-daughter dance last night. It was so beautiful in the school. And these dads are dancing with their daughters. And it was just, it was like the most beautiful thing ever. And, like, you know, that inspires me to things like hatred and jealousy, which is really good. Um, <laughs> But if I'm jealous of one thing of other men who aren't priests, I think it's that someday they'll be grandfathers. And I've seen that in my dad. He, his life has been made new through his grandkids. So powerful, so beautiful. That's what the father wants. Is it through us, through you and me, God would have more children. Right? They'd see the, the glory of God radiating through you and they would become sons and daughters. So as we go through Lent, brothers and sisters, suffer well. Your penances are not just random laws. There's a purpose. There's a meaning. Your life has a great value and a great direction to it. And it's not cool things. It's not to leave monuments or money behind you. It's to become Christ. Jesus, Lord, fill our vision and our hearts with that view of your splendor and of your glory, that hope, Lord. Fill us with hope so that we will go with you to the cross.